This is Beth. And this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, it's been so fun getting to chat with all of these couples over our fall marriage makeover and to learn about their unique couple types. Well, so far we've chatted with the Lions, the Lees, and the Williamsons, but today we get to finish the series with Adam and Carrie Brickenridge. So Adam's no stranger to the podcast, and many of you already know him as our director of coaches here at Your Enneagram Coach, but his wife Carrie's making her first appearance on the show. Adam and Carrie actually grew up together. Carrie was best friends with Adam's sister when they were kids, so they've known each other for their whole lives. For the past nine years, Carrie's been a stay-at-home mom, and just a couple weeks ago, she sent their youngest daughter off to kindergarten. So she is taking a much-needed and well-deserved sabbatical right now. It's the first time in almost a decade that she actually gets to work without any interruptions and enjoy a house that's quiet and actually stays clean. <laughs> and she's enjoying a season where she gets to dive deep into some of her favorite things like reading, spending time with friends, and investing in other women. Oh, and Adam wanted to make sure that we mentioned a napping. Uh, <laughs> yes. And together they have three daughters, Lucy Blue, nine, Susanna Jane, six, and Georgia Love, five. Love it. Well, just to let you know, they are the perfect couple type combination. No, I just <laughs> Well, great. Carrie, Adam and Carrie, they're a six and a nine, just like Jeff and I. And so we're going to have a lot of fun hearing from them. At the same time, I'm sure there's going to be some pain points for us. That's like, right. oh man, that's so true. Um, but let's just go ahead and dive into it and learn more about Carrie and Adam. So, hey guys, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hello. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit more about you. You know, we just kind of mentioned in a brief overview, but tell us more about you guys, how you met, and a little bit of your background so that people can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, you want to jump in? No, I'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, we did grow up together in uh, Northeast Arkansas. Carrie was always uh, at my house growing up because she was uh, best friends with my sister. You guys were the same age. And so uh, we've just been in each other's lives forever. And then in college mm. began dating um, and gosh, I've been married for 15 years mm -hmm. dating mm -hmm. for 18 mm -hmm. years. Is that right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and so we spent 10 years in Kansas city together. So there's, there's a connection we have with you guys there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had all our babies in Kansas city. And we're there for a little over 10 years and came back to Northeast Arkansas five years ago. So, um, yeah, and like you said, we got three girls who are, I'm the only guy, you know, in the, in the <laughs> house. So I think I've said this before on the podcast, but you know, that scene in Anchorman where Ron Burgundy is crying inside the, um, the, the like payphone booth. And he says that he's stuck inside a glass cage of emotion. That's what it's like. <laughs> But it's mostly Adam's emotion. It's not just the. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that, yes. That fierce. Love that. It's fierce for sure. So, I mean, there, I'm sure there are all kinds of lines that you can give us because your girls are so uh, prolific and. <laughs> but like, what? How do they respond to Daddy's emotions? Are they? Do they ever joke around about it? <laughs> we had an instance not too long ago where uh, they were all just being level ten nuts, and I. Adam left the room to get some space 
And I told him like, guys, dad's on his last string. Like y'all need to tread lightly. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's really upset right now. He's really, he's really angry. And Lucy, our oldest, our nine-year-old said, "Um, is he cussing yet? (laughs) 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 That was the litmus on how, how bad things were. So, but I don't actually say cuss words. It's, it's absolutely not. I mean, you know. Let's be, let's be honest. About not in that. front of your children. <laughs> a, man of com- a man of composure. A non-anxious <laughs> presence, Jeff. I'm a non-anxious presence all the time. No, that's that's exactly right. That's awesome. Hey, well, well, tell us when did you first find out about the Enneagram? Because uh, you two were a little bit of earlier adopters with the Enneagram. Yeah, yeah. So let's. I'll. You know, you just jump in whenever you want to jump in, but. I think it was 2014, some of the wheels started to fall off. Mm-hmm. We were in Kansas City. Right. I was working way too much mm-hmm. as a pastor. You were you were overwhelmed with, we just kept having children. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> and uh, and then I was working all the time. Yeah, and- well, we, so we had all this life happening, but then also kind of our own emotional baggage was really mm-hmm. starting to weigh heavy on us. It was leaking out sideways and our marriage and I mean, all of our relationships, it was just kind of, mm-hmm. it was just a rough patch. It's interesting you say that because it, it so Adam was a pastor during that season mm-hmm. uh, and took on a site or campus mm-hmm. for a church and was trying to live out all the expectations. It is interesting. I know that for Beth and I, we have felt that, that there may be external tragedy that we're facing, but it reveals something that's happening between us. It's like our own coping me- mechanisms don't. And it, it can be really frustrating. Like, why do I have to deal with our marriage dynamic mm-hmm. when this this isn't our fault? Like, that's right. Stink. I just want to connect with the person that's most important to me right now. But all this other crap that's now on our plate, we've mm-hmm. got to address together. And our strategies no longer work. Well, that's that right. that led to you uh, seeking some help, if I'm not mistaken, right, Adam? Th- that's exactly right. So I came up from my study one day, and I'd been down there trying to write a sermon all day on a Saturday uh, after working all week and, and working Saturday. And of course we work on Sunday. So, I mean, it was like a nonstop thing. And I came up from the study and she said, you said you didn't recognize me. Now he looked like a ghost, just a mm. like bloodshot eyes, hair sticking out on end. Like you could just tell he was like, he really looked like a caricature of a crazy person. I looked like a caricature of an Enneagram five that had gotten lost in his books and his studies. And then like, didn't know what day or time it was, but it was a really unhealthy my five, my five part was like, yeah, I was way over preparing, overthinking, mm-hmm. just driven by fear and anxiety. So I ended up coming to our elder team and saying, I need some help. And they were, they were all like, yeah, you know, we, we know that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I ended up falling in. This now gets us into about 2015. I took a few months off from preaching, still working full time, but just not preaching. And then um, fell into the care of Rich Plass and Sally Plass, um, Jim Cofield, Jim and Crosspoint Ministries in the Louisville area. And I mean, the first com- Rich is also a fellow six. And um, one of the first conversations I had with him is he said, before you come see me for this intensive, don't come if you can't bring your wife because you guys were a relational unit and I don't want to work on you without working on both of you. And he said, don't come unless you take the Enneagram. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
any of what? I mean, I'd never <laughs> heard of this, you know, and that's funny. So you can go to any of what.com. No, <laughs> Joking, everyone. Exactly. That was not a that was not a pitch. That's exactly what everyone says. That's why we have IndiaWhat.com. Since we're recording video now, I can do like product placement, hold up a Pepsi, (laughs) take a drink of it. Um, I don't even drink Pepsi. Where'd that come from? No, I don't know. That's hilarious. What I was thinking, I was like Pepsi. <laughs> it's like in all the '80s movies. It was always Pepsi and Doritos in the in the uh, product placements. Where are you at right now? I'm with you, honey. <laughs> okay, so um, this is part of the problem. Um, I'm, I can be a bit all over the place, but um, yeah, he he introduced us to the Enneagram, and and then we we went and did a three or four day intensive together, just sitting across the table from Rich and Jim, just mm-hmm. four of us in in a room. They've got our Enneagram assessments and our profiles in front of them. And they just dig for about four days wow. and intensive is the right it, word for it. What was it like finding out that you were a type six? Um, it was, it was, well, it was kind of disorienting in a, in a life giving way. It immediately, I felt relief and some shame, but mm-hmm. the shame, the shame, the shame didn't stay. The relief stayed, but I just, I felt like when I, the more I read about a six and the, and I, the language, it just put words to everything that I knew was true about me that I couldn't articulate. It, mm-hmm. it like brought me right over into my emotional brain. And like, I was able to like feel all of a sudden, Oh, th- what I'm feeling is fear. I didn't know that I was afraid. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that I was well, anxious. Well, and because you leaned more towards the counterphobic six. That's right. Yeah. So there's going to be some sixes out there that are the phobic six where they feel their fears. They they feel their anxieties. Others feel their fears and anxieties. But the counterphobic sixes, when their fears come up, it's really, well, I've got to move into the fear. And it can look almost a little bit eightish depending on how much they kind of plow into their fears. So Mm. like you said, it's like, oh, I'm actually afraid. Yeah. 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 Carrie, what was it like for you? Probably the same, very disorienting, um, some shame um, just around the, because all you see are these glaring weaknesses. And now I have words to what I have been feeling my whole life. And yeah, just the shame that, um, man, it must be really hard to be around me and be with me. I don't want to be with myself. Um, And so, and that explained a lot. Of just ignoring myself and mm-hmm. not wanting to deal, not wanting to cope. It was, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also it, it kind of just, it demolished. Um, I don't know that it kind of stomped out all of my coping mechanisms at once, just like a wrecking ball. And then I have to start from scratch um, which was really helpful. So in the moment it hurt and I was afraid. Um, and then I was able to rebuild from an honest place, um, mm. with an awareness of myself, noticing patterns. Um, so I just kind of woke up to myself, um, to mm-hmm. see kind of the ruts that I could get myself into, um, unhealthy coping mechanisms that I was using to, just avoid all of it, avoid everything. 
So it was a it was a waking up for sure. So really scary. This is a big moment for a nine to like have that have <gasps> that wake up moment. Yeah, you know. Oh man, it was awful. Well, but I'm glad it one happened. One of the things that comes to mind hearing you, Carrie. I we joke around about our marital dance that I have chased Beth into every bed, every room in the house to fight with her. Oh, man. Uh, and <laughs> she's feeling it, it. But it, the the enneagram <laughs> is is helpful in describing. So you had said like, you know, there are times that I don't want to be with myself mm-hmm. when as a type six, the one thing that I want the most is for Beth to be with me. Mm-hmm. And so we are, I, I'm literally chasing after someone, something that Beth, that Beth doesn't want to acknowledge about herself. And th- with the intensity in which I bring to the situation, only makes it feel over more overwhelming to her. Yeah. Like the more you pursue from my perspective, it's I'm so terrible that you have to work this out. I have to figure myself out. I have to work on something. Therefore I, there's something about me that's wrong and bad and not enough, Mm -hmm. which means, well, who wants to be around that? Like I, (laughs) Yeah, I'd much rather just get into the bed and pull the covers and then go to sleep because then I'm not even really with myself at that point. That's yeah. just mm. such a nine. Yes. Like sleep is in some ways the safest place when not only do you fear others don't think you're enough when you don't think yourself is enough. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's interesting to think back. I mean, I, I think we met maybe 2016, 2017. Is that right? Adam? I think it was pretty mm-hmm. early 2016. Um, I remember, so the the Enneagram was so helpful at at cutting through the defensive mechanisms, getting right to my heart, and then and then making the gospel kind of become explosively alive, like in a really not just in a head knowledge way, but in an experiential way. Mm-hmm. I felt like we encountered Being Jesus. Mm-hmm. We were known mm-hmm. and loved, and loved. Mm-hmm. So, like the places where we felt shame about being known we begin to experience God's love in those places. And, uh, and then other people would get to know us and love us mm-hmm. uh, in spite of our weaknesses. And so um, we began to use this as a tool, like in our marriage and uh, with our friends and in our leadership. And, and then I started looking for who else is doing this from a Christ centered perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, rich was, but he did, he wasn't putting out resources. Mm-hmm. And at that time, and and I needed, yeah, I need resources as a, as a six, I'm trying to get out there and find Find the expert. I'm also trying to find the experts and recruit my team so that I'm not out there alone. And I found Beth Mm -hmm. and I remember we did a Skype Beth. I remember right where I was sitting and it blew my mind because I got on a Skype call with you and you began to show me some of your work because I encountered your Instagram uh, page and uh, account. And so, and then I remember our first or second time talking, you said, you are, you're like the same person as my husband. You guys need to connect. (laughs) And so I started grabbing these phone conversations with you, Jeff, that were, that were transformative. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember, I still remember the first time you talked to me about having team meetings with yourself. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to start having team meetings. (laughs) With myself. <laughs> no, no, you need to organize your team meetings. You've been having team meetings, but yeah. they have been running yeah. you. They've been calling calling and leading yeah. the meetings. Dang, yeah. dude. Like she just like just speaks love it. boldly into your life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Go, she Gary, does. go. Dang. Uh, so do my daughters. I mean, it's just it's a, a, dude, but, it is relentless in that <sighs> telephone booth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, well, and that, that's, I remember when Jeff started using the idea of team meetings for the inner committee of uh-huh. you know, type six, of course, mm-hmm. then we've, you know, kind of expounded that with some of the new teaching that we're going to come out with. Right. Um, but that was really a big shift for him to coach his team, to lead his team um, yeah. instead of the team leading him. Yeah. And that was a really big big aha moment. So yeah. So I remember saying, yeah, you got to get together with my husband. You guys are like uncanny, cannily related. And so the more we've gotten to know you guys, the more we're like, this is really eerie. Like mm-hmm. there are several things that are just almost creepy. Now you guys don't look anything alike, <laughs> but it's almost like you're twins from different mm-hmm. mothers. Yeah. Sure. Soul twins. Sure. Soul yes. twins. Oh. So here you are, you're in, probably the uh, dark night or dark season of the soul mm-hmm. and you're going to rebuild this thing. Well, the Enneagram has that effect of not only just naming what may be broken or fallen about us, but it also names a bit of our glory mm-hmm. and the gifts that we've been given. Uh, so the reason why we talk about team meetings, oftentimes people for type sixes, they just want to silence the flywheel of all of their thoughts, but they don't bless or recognize that those are actually God-given instruments to live out your sense of calling and impact yeah. within His kingdom. Um, so, when it came for when it came to your situation, what was it that you began to discover was a part of the giftedness or strengths of your particular couple type? Mm. I think initially, for me, I have some um, abandonment wounds um, that are there's just always this fear that I'm not enough. Um, my presence doesn't matter. Um, but Adam's the gift that God has given him of faithfulness and commitment and even a sense of duty. Like when the wheels have fallen off and we are not in a good spot with each other, um, his sense of commitment to the Lord and to me, is unwavering. And so I've never doubted that um, Adam was for me and with me and we were doing this together and we would figure it out even when it was really hard Mm. and neither one of us knew what we were doing. And Mm. that has always been very reassuring to me that there Mm. is, um, it's just a tangible extension of God's faithfulness and commitment to me. Um, he, he has shown me that, like what that looks like through Adam, not perfectly, mm. but in very tangible ways. That's mm. amazing. Yeah. Carrie, I, I notice with Beth, sometimes it, it, she can have a certain element of ambivalence to like, I am more committed to working the situation out mm-hmm. than maybe she is, but that is both a gift, mm. a reminder that I am loyal to her and a disturbing energy. It's like, just leave me alone. <laughs> we have to like dive deep again. Do you, do you have the same similar experience? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? 
Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Um, Adam has said that to me and it actually, I think it's a lie and it makes me angry. <laughs> get angry. Honey. I want you to get angry. I'm trying to wake you up. Um, I'm woke. Yes. Get her, Adam. You are get woke. Her. She said, I'm woke. <laughs> oh, it has a whole new meaning. Good here. grief. Um, yeah, he has, uh, you know, in our frustrations and working things out, uh, he can have this presence that he is more committed to this than I am. And um, I, I think there, where he is dutiful and committed, I don't think you're going to find um, anybody that's necessarily more steadfast and stick with it than a nine. Like, yeah, there is um, like when you have something that matters and for me, you know, that's my faith. That's my relationship with Adam, my girls, those are non-negotiables. And so I may need space to figure out where I'm at so that I can articulate it. Um, and it looks like I've gone away. It looks like I've withdrawn or that I'm ambivalent, but actually I care very much. And so I need mm-hmm. this space to kind of reckon with myself and um, kind of get my own temperature where I'm at so that I can then, you know, step back into the conversation um, with honesty, um, be able to articulate what I'm feeling, what I'm knowing in my gut. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like ambivalence, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that is the other side of, we joke around that nines can be stubborn. No. But they're, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she is speaking to the other side of that yeah. stubbornness, that mm-hmm. there is a loyalty and commitment, mm-hmm. yeah, that there absolutely. is a gift. Yeah. And I love kind of like what you said, like I am unwavering Mm -hmm. when it comes to my love, my loyalty, my commitment to Jeff, the kids, to YEC, our Mm -hmm. mission, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, bringing people closer to Christ, Mm -hmm. like I is unwavering and I will be very stubborn, like dig my heels in. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's because it's, it feels so right and true and good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I totally agree, Carrie, with what you're saying. Like, I may not know in the moment what I'm feeling or needing. I, f- I feel something. And a lot of times it's just like almost like an intense energy inside. Mm-hmm. Um, like even last night, I woke up at two in the morning because my thoughts were just all jumbled up. Mm-hmm. And I had a an idea of where it might be coming, but it's just not clear. It takes time. And the effects of that feeling, that intensity inside then permeates in our relationship. But because I can't say it clearly in the moment, 
It can come out sideways. It can mm-hmm. come out as irritable. <clears throat> Jeff or whoever may not know, like, is this aimed at me or is this someone else? What's going on? And and then I start to spiral because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, great. Here you go again. You can't articulate yourself. You can't be, you know, you can't just say what's going on and, and ask for help in the right way. It comes out sideways. And mm-hmm. so then that can really spiral me out. So like you said, I, I pull back and I'm thinking a lot about what's Mm -hmm. going on in my internal world, but it literally for a nine, even though I've been doing this work, it feels like forever. It's still in those moments, particularly, it feels like a deep fog and Mm -hmm. I have to take one small step at a time and figure out what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's disturbing me? And I know for a lot of types out there that feels like, how can you not know? Like it's right there. And I'm like, no, like really think about when you were in a thick fog Mm -hmm. and how frustrating that is and how scary and, and uncertain it is. And if other people are, are upset that you're not walking faster because they're over there in some clear, you know, skies. Yeah. I can understand why they're frustrated, but you have to put yourself in our shoes. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be here. We want Mm -hmm. the clarity and the honesty. Um, But because people get maybe frustrated with us or we get frustrated with ourselves, we tend to then withdraw. Yes. And it can look like wavering, but in actuality, I'm doing so much internal work. That's right. That I'm I'm exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a big word for you. If someone were to point out or come across like I haven't done my work, Oh my gosh. Mm. Talk about nuclear button. That's offensive. That is just offensive. (laughs) It's like volcano eruption because it's like you don't understand how much work I've tried to do to understand Mm -hmm. my internal world. And I can, you know, when I kind of look at it from the other person's perspective, I'm like, yeah, all they see is that I went and laid in bed or I went to the corner and was thinking for hours, you know. But in my world, I have been hiking up a very steep mountain. Yes, And I am exhausted and it's still foggy and I'm just, I'm tired of trying to figure out what is the next step? Where's the next clarity? How can I explain myself? Mm -hmm. And for anyone to reflect back that, not that it's not good enough, like, oh, you're not doing a good, they just don't see the work I've done, Mm -hmm. but it's just so discouraging. And that's when I really just want to get in bed and just shut it all off. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Adam, from your perspective, what do you think is one of the gifts of your particular couple type? Yeah, well, for one of the things you guys are talking about right now is I feel like Nines, Carrie's really discipled me in this, the, the way I've watched her take space, um, has has really taught me like that I need space. Because I feel like in my anxiety, and it used to show up in a counterphobic way and still does a lot, but it, it it, it drives me to, to attack, to move forward, to like work harder, do more. Very aggressive. Yeah. I can get more aggressive. And that was the hang up before Enneagram. Like, and we kind of had this idea of what was going on in us. That's what it, it looked like before when we didn't have words, it just, he would come at me. We need to fix this immediately. Um, we're not okay. So let's just sit here and talk it out. Mm-hmm. And I Mm -hmm. can't even, I'm so overwhelmed and I'm just crying. So like our fights early on in marriage looked like him talking to me and talking at me and me just sobbing and not necessarily, it was mostly anger and frustration. And I I couldn't even tell you that, but I'm just a Mm -hmm. 
like an ugly cry, puffy red face mess, just and and with you know, there's no articulation. I can't, but I'm just so mad. I feel yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean, that's what that looked like. Yeah. Before we kind of, and I, I think you have gifted me with some objectivity, mm-hmm. and you have helped me learn to. Really, what I've watched you practice is Psalm 131 mm-hmm. of I've calmed and quieted my inner being. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that that's what you're doing when you mm-hmm. go to sit in your chair or when you go to the room and uh, when you go for your walks, you know, that you are you are going into that quiet place mm-hmm. where you have union with Christ and you are, like Beth said, like you're, you guys are climbing a mountain together, mm-hmm. like you're doing some serious work. And I have watched you do that and learn to, honestly, when I get activated, I've learned to take some space. I mean, you've gifted me with that to breathe, to calm and quiet my inner being, to you've just brought so much objectivity and calmness that I desperately need. And I think that's one of the beauties of one of the gifts of a nine, six couple is I do think the gifts and the weaknesses complement each other mm-hmm. very well. I mean, the gifts and the gifts complement each other. The weaknesses and the weaknesses uh, of any type can, can really, can really <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, we, maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, we're kind of tipping our hat to that now, but it's like you bring a peace to my anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, you bring a calmness to mm-hmm. my fears and, um, and this empathy for my self-doubt that only in a true and like nine fashion, this, this non-judgmental place where I can bring myself doubts. And so you really have, you know, I feel like reinforced the disposition of God to me of like, this is a safe place for you to come with your doubts and your fears and not leave shamed mm-hmm. or judged, but um, encouraged, like literally given the courage, you know, to like, and, and she's been so good. Like, I, I read, you know, Beth, maybe this was something that you had written, but I read years ago that like sixes are quick to forget past successes. Yeah. So it just doesn't matter like how many sermons I've preached. I would still be anxious on Saturday night or Sunday morning or Friday afternoon or something about the sermon. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I have forgotten mm-hmm. how to preach. And she's just got this way of this, of being objective Think, no, honey, think about this. Like, you're good at this. Mm-hmm. God's gifted you for this. He's called you to this. The you last can... 10 years have not been for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, and I'll say one more thing about that. I think a, a gift of our couple type is I've, there's this sense of autonomy and intuition and, and the knowledge that a nines have in your being, like just in your gut, you know, and there's a quiet confidence that's just this it's a beautiful thing to watch. And, you know, with my inner committee and my self doubt, um, I need, I need to grow in trusting myself, you know, and trusting the gifts that, uh, that God's given me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that there's a, another thing I've learned from you being in a relationship with you for so many years is that, and I have a nine part in me, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I'm sixes, sixes and nines are deeply connected in the paths. And so, I feel like your nine has kind of discipled my nine of like, hey, tell him, tell him to move forward mm-hmm. with what he knows. Like, tell, like, you know, just, uh, just like trust your gifts, trust mm-hmm. yourself, trust what God's given you, and move, right. move in it uh, courageously. So, well, and we've had a mantra, uh, like when he's kind of spiraling out with this, I'll tell him like, if you know, borrow from my confidence in you because mm-hmm. you can do this. I've seen you do it over and over and over. Um, so borrow from my confidence if you need to, 
uh, fake yeah. it till you make it almost. <laughs> I've never done that. Never, I've never Which done is that. like so hard for the six because they're like, no, but that's not being authentic and I real. Know. I'm like, right. oh, for the yeah. love, just, just do it. Because we're getting so much done with you being crazy right now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. So with the six, nine couple type combination, what advice would you give to those that are married with that couple type combination or another, uh, like could kind of extend this also, what advice would you give to someone that's married to your type? So Carrie, how can people love nines better? Like what are some inside tips and mm-hmm. Adam, what are some inside tips of loving a six? Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it may sound cliche, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it is. I don't think you can overstate that sixes need, you know, a safe place to bring their fear. And I mean, we know ultimately that's Jesus, but he's also created us for community and in a marriage. I just, you know, I would say if you're married to a six, um, be honest with them about the way that their anxiety affects you, you know, because they're going to want to hear that anyways. They want the authenticity, but also to do it in a way without shaming them for being anxious and to realize that that part of them is working very hard to try to get control of something they're afraid of. Mm -hmm. So if you can help them walk their anxiety back down into what is it that you're afraid of right now um, and and be that kind of that safe, Mm -hmm. non-judgmental place for them. And then I think too, like honoring their courage because sixes are very courageous. I mean, I, I, I've, it's taken me a while to say that about myself because it sounds arrogant, but it's it's actually the right, I think it's the right kind of humility to be able mm-hmm. to say, I'm pretty courageous, you know? Yeah. Um, and Sixes are the most courageous on yes. the Enneagram. Yeah. And, and, and I need to hear that. And I, I, and I appreciate, you know, that. And people, people reminded me of that. But not too much. Yeah. I don't like effusive, not- I don't like effusive praise. If you just say it too much, I'm not going to trust you. Right. It's, then you get suspicious. Yeah. Right, what's, what's your angle? Yeah. What's your motive? You almost, you almost have to like sneak in, in the back door with a six, like where yeah. they weren't expecting it, you know? And it's like, wait, what? Oh, I think that landed on my heart. That's yeah. sometimes what Jeff would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, and I'll, I'll say this too. Like, I think know this about your six spouse that if they are, especially in conflict, if they're moving toward you with their questions and maybe they're getting bigger. You know, we kind of, we talk about that. It, it, rage can be a scary word. I'm, I'm, I'm Hopefully we're not talking about violence. Well, here, the but. sixes, the four, six, and eights, just to kind of bring clarity to this um, point is they're the reactive, emotionally That's exactly reactive right. types. That's when, exactly right. When conflict happens, they're going to react emotionally, which is, can be confusing for people that are in relationship to sixes because they're like, why are you so emotional? Aren't you the head type? No, sixes have a lot of emotions. That's right. Now they may have started in the head, but they're, they're going to react emotionally. And I think that's a good point to bring up because us nines, we don't do well with big emotions. And so that's where we get spun out. Yeah. And so when you or like, you know, Jeff for me get big and intense <clears throat> and emotionally react, that signals danger to yeah. us nines. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. So and the and that, whole emotion. That's it. That's it. So I can be very reactive. And mm-hmm. I just would say that if your six spouse is that way, just know that they are in, in an unhealthy way, making a bid for connection. 
and they are trying to find a way to not lose connection because that's really the biggest fear for a six. I'll say this. One of my pet peeves about six literature is that we get characterized as the people that are always scanning the horizons and looking for all the dangers. And I get it that we do that sometimes, but like I've never once walked into a place. This is the classic example you find for a six. It's like when people talk about nines, not knowing what they, what they, where they want to go out for dinner. And that can really be offensive. It's like, that's, but for, as a because six, I do this time. Yeah, because maybe maybe maybe, maybe, maybe this time I, time I do know where I want to go for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one like one time at a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I hear this illustration of like sixes walk into a room and they're immediately looking for where the exit signs are. You know, if they're walking mm. to a movie theater, they're like, "Where's the exit signs in case this place catches on fire?" And it's like I've never done that. I'm well, not. That could be true for like a self preservation six, right? Yeah, for those sure. that are newish to the enneagram, there are three main or subtypes to each of the types. So yeah, I could totally see that there are some sixes that are definitely going to do that, <clears throat> but Jeff's never done that. Yeah. And I think that gets more at the one-to-one stuff because from, as my subtype, because for me, the fear is always around abandonment. Mm-hmm. It's a relational fear. And so, um, you know, it's the fear of being, being left alone. Yeah. And it's like, I think about my kids have taught me a lot about myself because my kids our kids, you know, they're not afraid of the dark. They're afraid of being alone in the dark. Mm-hmm. And and they're laying in their room in the dark and they've had a bad dream and they call out for me. And I come in the room and I lay down with them. They're still in the dark, mm-hmm. but their fear goes away mm-hmm. because they have connection. They have presence. They're not alone. That's where the fear comes from me. So I would just say, like, if you're married to a type six and they are pressing in because they're afraid, know that, that they're, they're doing that because they're afraid mm-hmm. and they want connection with you. Mm-hmm. And and maybe they need to learn that there's a healthier way to do that. Uh, and you can, you can help them with that. But I would just like I would I would know this, that what they're anything that feels like distance to them creates a separation <laughs> anxiety and can mm-hmm. activate the fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Which is really tricky for our couple type combination because yeah. the more emotionally reactive you all get, you know, the more we want to withdraw, almost like be a turtle That's and right. just withdraw, protect. And that only signals to you that you are being abandoned, which that's not our heart's intent at all. I know. Um, and, so, and, and so I know I've had to learn, not that I do it well all the time, but just to say, hey, I'm for us, but I need some space to think about this. Mm-hmm. I need to process. That typically helps you. It doesn't solve what you're needing in the moment because mm-hmm. you're really wanting that connection immediately, that security immediately, that safety right then. Like, let's talk it through. And I'm literally saying I'm for you, but I need space, which mm-hmm. kind of is both helpful and very disrupting. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? The, yeah. the difficulty is uh, in the same way as Carrie mentioned to Adam about uh, embrace my, the courage I have for you, the confidence I have in your abilities. Uh, the same would be true, particularly in that dynamic, because uh, for Beth, she may want the space, but she may not come back to it. <laughs> she may just want to get out That's of right. it. That's right. That's true. I've had and, to learn that too. And so there, there is, there's also the invitation like, no, Bethy, you you have enough to be able to engage with it. Sure, take take the time necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've even at, at times almost experienced her distance as a fast. 
So to reframe in my mind what's happening, this is not abandonment, but I can be okay apart from her. Mm. Um, and to treat, I, sometimes I, I treat it as an exercise in patience whenever I'm driving to like a, a car pulls out in front of me rather than getting angry and yelling. Like, I'm just going to slow down and let my body adjust to slowing down yeah. and not curse, but pre- present this as an opportunity for when Beth disengages to, okay, Lord, well, I'm, I'm not going to have this for now. And so I'll just wait. But there is a mutual invitation in both of these interactions that is unique to the particular six and nine relationship. Well, Carrie, what about you for a nine? Um, What piece of advice would you give a spouse who's married to a type nine? Um, I think be patient. Um, And for me, a big one personally is give me the benefit of the doubt. I, I mean, it's that it's that push and pull we're both with our types. We are both having to do something that feels unnatural and feels unsafe. So I'm having to step in a little bit to say, this is what I need from you. Um, I'm coming back, but I need, I need to go process this alone and I'm coming back. Um, And then the six has to say, okay, uh, please take that space. Um, But also know that it's making me nervous. (laughs) Or whoever's Um, married to a nine. yeah, Yeah. Whoever's married to a nine really. Yeah. Um, because we will, we'll come back around to it, um, uh, with the Lord's help. I, I mean, I guess yes. you can have a bottomed out nine that, um, has trouble with that. But I think the, you know, walking with the Lord, those things get, uh, fewer and further between. Um, and I think the tricky thing, you know, with the Enneagram, it doesn't, it doesn't take all the fog away. Like you still right. have your patterns of being that you're going to continue to work out of. Um, uh, you know, with the Enneagram though, it just helps you, it helps bring an awareness to yourself. You can actually see and name those things. You can see it and name it and your spouse can. Um, so you just, even just the knowledge of what's going on and seeing it and the longer that you are on this journey together, um, there's, you know, I think a growth in grace and compassion, um, empathy that we're all doing the best we can. And we have to unlearn a lot of things. We have to learn a lot of things. So, for me personally, as a nine, um, I appreciate patience and I appreciate the benefit of the doubt because yeah. um, it's it, it's hurtful um, to insinuate that that maybe I'm not I'm not as in this or I'm yeah. you know I'm not as committed. So the benefit of the doubt is really huge for me. Mm. Yeah, I would totally say amen to that. And I know for me at least, one of my top love languages is affirmation, and mm-hmm. so. I think to piggyback on the, what you were just saying is, is when, like I know for you, Jeff, when you can affirm, even if it's a little thing, you know, maybe I'm not doing a lot of stuff well, but there's something little, just that little affirmation is like, oh, you see me? Like you see Mm -hmm. that I'm working hard. You see Mm -hmm. I'm climbing this, this hill and I I keep slipping and falling down and it's kind of ugly right now and it's not working super well, but you see that one thing and you're acknowledging my effort. Mm -hmm. Like that just means the world to me. Um, Yes. So I would say that. Okay. Last bit. Let's move into what piece of advice would you give to those who are listening to that are married to your spouse's type? So Carrie, what advice would you give to those that are married to a six? Mm-hmm. And Adam, what advice would you give to those married to a nine? 
being married to a six, it kind of echoes what Adam said. Be honest. Uh, be honest about what you're feeling yourself, which means you've got to give yourself space to do that. Um, be honest about where you're at and then be honest about how they're making you feel. Mm. Um, that authenticity um, and, and letting somebody in to, to know you and know where you're at creates a deeper connection, which is appreciated. So I think just being really honest, um, speaking the truth in love, um, you know, not being unkind or, you know, throwing barbs, but just being honest in a loving way, which I think a nine is, is good at. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just being honest. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Honesty and authenticity is so important for sixes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah. And you do a really good job of that. And so, I mean, to the point that even if I ask you, like, does this shirt look good on me? You'll say, uh, no, it does not. Go ahead and return it. <laughs> Just looking out for me. So um, to that to that point right there, I think one of the things I would say to someone who's married to a nine is, like you were saying, Beth, I would say find ways to affirm and encourage them. Mm-hmm. They are resilient. Uh, they are um, brilliant and, um, like their, the, the stability of their presence. If you, if you, if you unplug that or pull that, the whole, the whole like house of cards is going to fall. Like you, you just, the, the foundation that a nine brings to a, to a relational unit is, is so beautiful. So I would just say, if you've got a nine in your life or if you're married to a nine, just affirm them for their stability, their hard work, and find ways to give them the courage to step out of their comfort zone, which I feel like is one of the benefits of our our nine six type is that I can gift you with courage um, to get out of your comfort zone and find your voice and and use it and um, and express your leadership, you know. And you know, I think that's that's huge if you're married to a nine. I mean, don't push them. Don't put your agenda on them. Like don't, don't put your dream. Don't try to put your dreams on them or your vision for their life, but, but notice the gifts in them, call them to attention mm-hmm. and affirm them and then, and then give them the courage they need to step into those gifts. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, I would say that that's probably, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have an example of that, like a tangible example of that. Um, it happened, uh, just this last week, I'm, I finally have space with all the kids in school. I have space to catch up on stuff that has just been a mess for the last 10 years. <laughs> um, but Adam came up to me. Um, it had been laundry day. And he said, you know, whenever I opened the laundry cabinet and it was full of clean towels, you know, those don't just show up there. So thank you that and mm-hmm. I, I don't think I told you this, but like I walked off and cried <laughs> because like I realized, you know, that is, that's a way I'm loving my family mm-hmm. by washing right. towels, making sure they have clean towels and, and folding them and putting them away. And, mm-hmm. um, and even just seeing, like you said, something small like that, um, really just, it kind of like released a catch that I had been feeling that like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm do I work so hard and it, it and looks, like, well, you get noticed your presence. Yes. Like you realize like, Oh man, my presence is so felt yeah. in this house. Yeah. And I think family. it can be tricky. It can be tricky for anybody, but with a stay at home mom too, like there are mm-hmm. so many things that I think get take for granted. Yeah. 
Um, yes. That it, 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 I work so hard. But if you were to say, like, if somebody asked me, what do you do all day? Like, I, my response would probably be, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, but I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, the nine is they want to be seen and recognized and valued for what they do. But we are not going to say, look at me. Look what I did. Right. This is, you yes. know, like, we're we're hoping that someone will just notice it, that it will have that kind of an impact on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll be like, wow, that really meant a lot to me, not for to be self grandiose, but just like, Oh, it matters. Like what I do, I'm going to keep doing this because I love that it matters to you and I want to bless you. And so just that affirmation, that feedback helps me to be like, I totally want to do this again and again. Yeah. You know, like this is this is great. Like I love participating in someone's life that it has meaning. Yes. So I can totally see what like why even just the simplest thing of folding towels can mean so much. Yeah, I hate folding towels. I don't like doing right. that. I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't like washing laundry, but I do it. <laughs> Well, and what's interesting though, because like, you know, Jeff grew up, um, his mom was sick his, you know, whole life. So he did a lot of that stuff on his own, even Mm -hmm. as a little kid. And so as a six, that is your duty. That's the responsibility. That's faithfulness. So he like, we tackle a lot of things in the house. Um, just, you know, there's no like, okay, you do this and I do that. And so for him, if I were to say, Hey, thanks so much for doing the whites, you know, he'd be like, uh, okay, yeah, that's just the duty, you know, like that's just right. what I do. Not that it, he's like brushing it off, like he doesn't care about any affirmation. I'm just saying that's he, he's not needing the same as mm-hmm. what my nine is needing because the nine is like I don't think anyone sees or notices mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. I don't even notice. I don't even notice myself. But for someone to take that brief moment to say, I see that you folded these towels. No one else did it. The kids didn't do it. I know I didn't do it. And I really appreciate just that it's there. Mm-hmm. Just It just means the world. So I think those that are married to nines, any recognition of how they're showing up yes. means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam and Carrie, thank you so much for your honesty and transparency. Uh, and and thank you for your years of working on your marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it It's exemplary. And you went to the the deep dark places and you found one another there, you found God there Mm -hmm. and have been on a path of recovering from that and being an instrument in the lives of others. So uh, your pain is not wasted um, because it's bearing fruit. uh, And now with the YEC team, as well as all of our coaches and now our podcast listeners. So thank you so much uh, for being who you are and endeavoring to believe that the gospel is true and uh, walking into it. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thanks for having us. us. And thanks for the ways you guys have invested in our marriage for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, from a distance and now uh, getting to to work on the same team together. So we're very thankful. So fun. This is just a reminder that no matter what couple type combination you are, there is no wrong or mismatched couple types. It's about growing and becoming our healthiest version of ourselves together as we serve one another. And remember, the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. It's the gospel that transforms us.